Got my eye on the guy in the row which call. Don't need no queen bean, got that ill deep throat. Yeah, let me show you what I'm all about. How I make a sprite can disappear in my mouth. Shake up the dice, throw down your eyes. Bet it all, play a fuck the price. Money and a thing, throw it all like a rice. Been around the world, I cop the same things twice. Rub on my tits, squeeze on my ass. Give me some, uh, step on the gas. Pop the cork and roll up the hash. You know what we about? Sex, drugs, and catches for my peeps. With the Bentleys, the Hummers, the Benz. Escalade 23-inch wheels. Ah! Jumping out the Jaguar with the Timbs. Keep your bread up. We live good. East Coast, West Coast, Worldwide. Hey, hey, all my players in the hood stay fly. And if you ballin', let me hear you say right, right. Okay, my neighbors are going to really, I'm just doing the most. My neighbors are really going to turn me in, honey. Um, I'm expecting an email in my inbox at 10 a.m. sharp. What is motherfucking going on? What is going on, bitch? Welcome to the Solomon Ray podcast. I am your host, Solomon Ray. I am, we, I think I'm just happy because, bitch, we're back on schedule. Back to, back to the motherfucking program. The episodes are coming out on a Thursday. Listen, I'm just like, when you put, that good energy out there. It's going to happen. So thank the Lord that it is coming out on a Thursday. I'm out here in these streets recording this episode Tuesday night. Bitch, I got me a little, um, a piece, a piece, a cup of, a, not a cup. Actually, it is a cup because it's not in a wine glass. It's literally in a fucking cup of red wine from a box. And I got me a little Bud Light Seltzer Mango Mai Tai that I tried earlier it's actually good but i don't want that i really want my red wine from a box um yeah i was just like girl it's just so convenient to put the the box wine in the refrigerator with the little push to pour button and it just comes it's just so convenient it's delightful and it does its job girl that's all it that's really all it boils down to do are you here are you doing your job as instructed and as told correct thank you so, <clears throat> that lovely song was a nice little rendition of a song by Little Kim, Queen of Rap, and it's called The Jump Off. Um, now, it's not really sung like that, but I just wanted to give my little interpretation and just, just give it some nuance, like a just nice little rendition, a nice little juiced up moment. Um, but before we get into anything, first things first, I do want to give a shout out to all the 392 people who rated and reviewed this podcast on Apple Podcasts with five stars. There, I mean, there is, oh, bitch, not, not four stars. Girl, not somebody giving me a four star, bitch. Listen, you know what? First off, it's like, girl, why would you give me four stars? You, you either you like it or you don't. You know what I'm saying? Like, they, like, what are you rating? Like, what do you like? Four stars, girl. That's late boots. Anyways. Blessings and positivity to the people who rated it five stars. The girls who didn't, girl, deal with your own consequences in life and karma. But to the girls who rated it five stars, shout out to y'all, bad bitches only. So shout out to Curly V and Aaliyah for your reviews this week. I appreciate y'all. And um, I feel like there's a lot to talk about this episode. We're going to get into, what am I going to get into? What are we talking about this week? I should have wrote this down. See, I do better just turning on the mic and just being like, bitch, let's go. 
I don't be writing nothing down. I ain't got no scripts. It's really no shade to the other girls. <laughs> it's really not. It's really no shade to the other <laughs> It's no shade to the girls because I do, I do like how the girls be producing their shows and writing things down and having scripts and shit that they read off. But I'm just not that girl. I'm just like, girl, turn the mic on and let me go. Okay. So what are we going to talk about? I think I'm going to talk about the Little Nas X music video. Um, I'm going to talk about the Tina Turner documentary. Oh, my God, bitch. I was in tears. Okay, more on that later. Talk about the Tina Turner documentary. And then I'm also going to talk about me. It's about something I've been really wanting to talk about for a while. But I just didn't want to come off vulnerable. And I just didn't really know how best to talk about it. But it is going to be about me and my return or possible return to music. Um, yeah, I think that's kind of about it. What else are we talking about? I'm sure there's something else that I really want to talk about. It'll, if it pop up, girl, it pop up. Let's just get into the show. Girl, tell me why I got a cat. <laughs> I really did. And see, listen, <laughs> I was thinking for the long... I, I hit a lot of y'all up. I said, girl, is there a way we could do, like rent a cat? Like, how can I get the cat and see if I like the cat or not? Nah? And if it fucks up my home, send it back. You know what I'm saying? So I found out a way to do it. So, But it's not renting the cat, bitch. I'm stuck with the cat. But if the cat fucking my furniture, I can give it back to the breeder. She said, she said, no, if it don't work out, you can just give it back to us, girl. She said, but you ain't gonna get your money back. I said, all right, cool, fair. So I was thinking about a pet for the longest. I said, I kind of want a pet, but I don't want to walk the pet. I don't want to hear the pet, really. I don't want, I need a pet who ain't going to be doing too much. You know what I'm saying? I like dogs from a distance. From a distance. Um, I like dogs from a distance, but I think living with a dog is different. I used to live with one. I used to have dogs. They're cute and they're, st- but see, I spent most of my time cleaning and cleaning and cleaning and cleaning and clean. You know what I'm saying? I'm already a clean freak as is. I spend at least three hours a day cleaning, sometimes up to six hours a day cleaning, Um, which kind of makes me what like when people are like, bitch, are you on drugs? I see why people probably think I'm on drugs. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm already high energy. I'm already balls to the wall, maximum velocity to turn, you know, like why? I get it. So, and plus I be cleaning all the time. I'm super anal retentive. I'm very about black and white things, you know, whatever. So I don't want the, I don't want a dog, but I kind of wouldn't mind a pet. So I was like, well, maybe I can get like a fucking cat. And, you know, cats, I guess, kind of take care of themselves. They don't really be making a lot of noise. They kind of beating their own shit, you know, to the, to the, to the corner. They don't really be doing much. All right. So I was like, all right, cool. Maybe I could do a cat. So I started looking into cats, looking at the cats, looking at the cats. And I was like, all right, trying to figure out what type of cat will work for me. And the one I really thought was cute was a Bengal, Bengal cat, Bengal. What they look like little cheetahs, little baby cheetahs. I said, Oh, this is so kind. They're like, Oh, this bitch likes to go outside. She likes to climb up trees. She likes to, you know, scatter around and she likes to hunt shit. I said, incorrect, wrong cat for me. Don't want that bitch. Then I was like, oh, a little cute little furry little Persian one. I said, oh, my God, these are so cute. I just want to just have one and, you know, squeeze this little fat cheeks. And it was like, oh, they shed a lot. And I said, oh, girl, no. Great idea, wrong cat. 
So then I've stumbled upon a British short hair, which they have shorter hair. So they still shed, don't you know, but it ain't that deep. So I was like, all right, maybe I can deal with that. I was like, well, what's their temperament given? You know, and they're just like, I guess, allegedly chill, very low maintenance, very affectionate cats or whatever. I started, okay, cool. Let me see. Long story short, the dog of the dog, damn. The fucking cat comes on Friday. So by the time this this podcast comes out, the bitch all gonna be here. So I've just been getting my home ready, buying all the things the bitch needs so she ain't scratching up my furniture. So the breeder said she's already litter trained. So she's like two months old, two and a half months old or some shit like that. Um, her birth, she's a Capricorn. <laughs> Duh. She's a Capricorn. Um, born January 15th. I'm January 5th. You know, bad bitches. Duh. So she's a Capricorn. She's already litter trained. And the breeder has already taught her um, to scratch on her scratching posts. So they kind of come, not prepackaged, but like just, you know, ready to go. You know, it's giving, it's giving very much just add water. You know, like <laughs> just take home, add water, ready to go. So, allegedly, she's all trained and stuff. But I'm still buying a bunch of stuff to make sure the bitch don't snatch up and scratch up my nice furniture and my drapes and shit like that. Because, bitch, that will be her first and last time. And she will be out the door. She will. I know that's that's really sucks for some of you guys who are, like, pet owners and be like, oh, my God, you should never get a pet. And Listen, that's just what the fuck it is. She's scratching my shit. She's gone. She's gone. She's out of the door. Love her. Great. I lost some money from it. Whatever. She has to go. Um, But I think everything will be fine. I bought a bunch of shit to make sure she... There's tons of toys that I done bought. I done spent a lot of money on just a bunch of shit that she's going to be entertained with. Um, What else? What else? What else? Scratching posts. Got a bunch of those. Got a bunch of toys. Um, I bought some shit to spray on the areas where I don't want her ass in, um, you know, stuff like that. And now I guess this was a little controversial because I told the girls, I said, yeah, she's going to be, when I'm gone for at least for the first two to three weeks, she's going to be in her, her cage, her little kennel. And the girls are like, oh my God, you're not allowed to put uh, cats in a kennel and da, 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 and a little crate or whatever they're called. I said, well, she's going to be there. So I don't know what else there is to really talk about. I don't. Who are you going to call and who are you going to report me to? She's going to be in the kennel while I'm gone. It's not like I'm out from my house for, for days on end. Like, I'm just gone to go drop shit off at the post office or go downstairs to pick up my packages or whatever, whatever, whatever. I'm gone for like a max an hour and a half. The bitch going to be in the cage. That's That's all there is to it. The bitch going to be in the cage because it's going to let her know, like, girl, we ain't scratching shit up in my house. We ain't tearing shit up. We ain't, you know, relax. Okay. So that's what it's going to be. But I say all that, but the bitch is still going to be bougie. She's going to be spoiled. She's going to be pampered. She's going to be eating filet mignon. You know, she's going to be eating poached salmon you know what i'm saying she's going to be living her best cunt life like she is but the bitch gonna have to know this is what's up you know what i'm saying and i feel like she's how do you i already know like i already know she's a capricorn she's gonna appreciate this so i haven't figured out what her name is gonna be it was going to be loretta 
Divine, or it was going to be Billy Ray. Now, I'm still not sure what it's going to be. I am leaning towards Billy just because Loretta is giving me like angry, disgruntled, you know, DMV worker. And that's really not the vibe I'm trying to bestow on my little girl. Like, I'm not for, I'm not trying to give her, I'm not trying to set her up for failure. You know what I'm saying? I'm not. So I think Billy is kind of like a cute, cool name. It's very like, it's kind of edgy, I guess, for a girl, you know, and plus, hello, Mariah Carey, Glitter, main character, Billy, like, you know, plus Billy Holiday. So it's kind of like, I'm really leaning towards Billy. She is gray. It has like a blue coat or whatever. So I'm just like, I'm thinking it's going to be Billy. Um, but yeah, she gets in here on Friday. And which sucks though, because my dumbass then got the damn dog, the damn cat, right? And forgot that I'm supposed to be going to Egypt on April 18th. So I'm just like, damn, bitch, like, what are you going to do? You know, so I'm just like, damn. I don't know what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna hit, I'm gonna, I'm gonna find a way to talk to the breeder and be like, hey, girl, so can she come stay with you for like nine days? I'm gonna be out the country. Um, cause that bitch ain't gonna be by herself. Like, she can't be by her, not in my house. No, not yet. Maybe when she get older and, you know, know what the fuck is up and not fucking up my shit. Then I could trust this hoe to be home alone and have, like, somebody come in and out, change her water, get some food for her, and play with her a little bit and dip it out. But she ain't going to just be chilling in my crib by her god's damn self, by her lonesome. It's not going to happen. So I'm going to have to figure that situation out. Um, But I'm not canceling Egypt. I want to go. So there's that. Um, I'll probably figure out what the bitch's name is going to be by at least Thursday. Um, I can't wait to get like cute little chains made for her. And I'm just trying to get her, make her a bougie. I'm just trying to give her luxury. I was looking online for like cute little, do- not dog beds, but like cat beds or pet beds. And all of them are ugly. They're, oh my God, they're so ugly. It's so ugly to be a pet owner. It's so ugly and not fab at the fuck all. So, I was looking all over the place. So I found like this luxury like website that makes beds or whatever for pets. And then I also found some on Whore Chow and Neiman Marcus that are cute as well. So I'm just like, maybe when she gets a little bit older, I'll do that. Because it's just all the pet stuff is so ugly. It's literally fucking heinous. Like nothing is cute. Like none of the, the collars is cute. None of the nothing is cute. It's all ugly shit. So I'm just like, you know what? Maybe that's going to be my next business. Because I found, as Kim Kardashian has said to Vogue, um, she did like a Vogue, a a video on YouTube by Vogue. And they asked her, they're like, Kim Kardashian, why not do like a luxury clothing line? Or why don't you do this and that? And she was like, I wanted to make things that I needed. And I've spent all this time doing shapewear and and using it, and they didn't have the colors I wanted. So it was like making things out of a necessity. So I'm just like, you know what, bitch? That is really the key to everything. That is, I feel, one of the the keys to success is creating a lane and creating something that is already there, but you just want to fine-tune it. 
which is what I did with the microneedling things, the collagen serum. Like those were things that I wanted to perfect because I've been using it for so long. The fucking silk mask. Those were things that I really wanted. I had the fabric. I was like, bitch, why don't I just make a fucking mask? There is none out there with that fabric. So maybe I might have some fucking luxury pet shit or just not even luxury, just like cute things for your pet. Because literally all the harnesses, all everything is just ugly. It's just literally fucking, it doesn't, the things that I bought this cat doesn't go with my my uh, my my home. My home is relatively nicely decorated with nice things and stuff. It doesn't go with it. It'd be looking like ugly. It'd be looking like, it'd be looking like, it'd be looking like, like second year college shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's not my home. You know, I'm. I'm a gay man who's 34 years old. This is not the type of, I don't want to look at that ugly shit. I don't. It's fucking heinous. But it's all that I could find and whatever. So maybe I'll find something later on. But if you know, if y'all know anybody who makes luxury, not even luxury, just really pretty pet shit, let me know. Like cute little pet bowls. Like even the pet bowls is ugly. Like it's just, it's not kind. Um, You know what I could do? I was going to buy some China um, um, plateware from Versace, which is actually licensed out via Rosenthal. Um, but they cut out some some of the, the designs they stopped doing. And I was like, damn, I want the whole set. But I couldn't find it. They only had a few pieces left. So maybe I'll find some bowls or whatever. And that could be her like her dinner, her dinner bowl or her like her food bowl or whatever. That would be cute. Bitch, let me put this on the... Let me open up a tab right real quick. Versace Rosenthal. Versace Rosenthal. And see if there's any cute little things I can buy her. Oh, found one. Oh, my God. It's on sale. And it is friends and family, too, at Bloomingdale's, bitch. To the... I think when? When? To, like, Friday. Bitch, let me go order this real quick. Hold on. Let me put this shit on pause. Okay. So, I just put that little order in. So, anyway. So, yeah. I have a cat. Um, I don't think it's going to be bad. I don't think it's going to be, it, it's not going to be no, no shit. I, I be watching over things. I'm super anal. Like even my, my dog, when I had a dog, he didn't get into, he didn't do nothing crazy. It was because I was on that ass, like white on rice. So I feel like when you just on shit, you know, but it is exhausting. It's very exhausting to have to like micromanage people and things and pets. But I feel like I know once I'm done for the first few weeks, she's going to be good. And I'm going to potty train the bitch, too. I'm going to put her on the fucking toilet, learn how to use and flush a toilet. I'm going to teach that bitch everything, okay? So she's going to be self-sufficient. She's going to be able to learn how to cook herself, bitch. Like, she's going to be able to be making chefing up meals while I'm gone. Be like, girl, <laughs> I'm going to I'm gonna be able to call Billy and be like, girl, take the fucking meat out the freezer, bitch. And she's going to be able to do <laughs> She's gonna be able to do it. Like, trust me, it's it's on some new shit. Watch. Hello, hello, hello. So by the time this episode comes out, listen, it's a Thursday today. So basically tomorrow I'm going to be doing a cute little um free gift sale on santoexanto.com. So for any purchase, I believe I don't know how much it's going to be. Check back. Tomorrow, check tomorrow and see what it's going. I think it's going to be a 20% discount plus a free gift. So you will be getting a percentage off 
plus a free diamond rose gold cross necklace in celebration of Jesus Christ rose from the cross. And I said, da 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 So, yeah, because that's what Easter is. Because, girl, okay, not a funny story, but I guess an interesting story. So, weeks ago, I, or damn near fucking a month ago, shit, I asked Serena, I said, oh, my God, I want to do a free gift for Easter. Like, what do you think I should do? I was like, bunnies, bunnies, eggs, chocolates. Like, what type of free gift can I give the girls, you know? And I was like, oh, my God, Jesus Christ. The cross. Like, uh, duh. So I was like, bitch, let me do. So I normally have, like, these cute little um, delicate, dainty little diamond cross necklaces. And I normally sell them in gold or silver. And I've had them in in rose gold, but I've sold out of them. I never brought them back to the site. So for Easter, for the sale tomorrow, you get a free um, rose gold diamond necklace. So, girl, it's while supplies last. I'm not trying to like be shady or nothing like that, but it really is while supplies last because I know the girl the girls love to do the little free gift things, and they be like, oh, girl. Um, it'd be like the next day and they'd be like, oh, is this still available? It, it, or they'd be like, oh, it didn't add to cart. It didn't add to cart. It didn't add to cart because it sold out. All right. So we only got 500 necklaces, ladies and gentlemen. We only got five. Again, we only got 500 free gift necklaces in rose gold. So the first 500 people will get them. Plus you'll get 20% off. Um, what else? What else? What else? Oh, I got these really cute. I finally got cute packaging for like to put the jewelry in. It's like a reusable um, baggie with like a, ri- a ribbon on it. So cute. It's going to come with that. Plus like the cute little rose gold, not rose gold, metallic packaging and stuff like that. So it's, and I believe I got to check. There's some new styles coming Friday too. So just in time, because I know the girls, listen, I, I want to do something for my top customers and people who've ordered a lot, which I'm going to do this year. I have something in store. I'm not going to say yet, but there's a cute thing that I'm making just for those girls because I was like, well, I'm going to take the first 40 people, like the top 50 or 40 people who, you know, are my top customers. I'm going to send them out without telling them. I'm just going to send them a free gift with a, a note and be like, thank you for really supporting my business. But then I got to think, I was like, bitch, these hoes got everything. It's no, it's, you know, I'm not trying to be funny, but like, these hoes got everything. I ain't got nothing to give y'all. I don't. So I'm going to make something for y'all to give out to the girls. Um, So yeah, there's also some really cute new styles coming on Friday, but yes, the free gift, it's only 500 while supplies last. And yeah, that starts it. Now it it, it ain't going to get there for Easter. I'm letting y'all know that now it ain't going to be there for Easter, but it's an Easter sale. So you could get it for whenever you, I mean, you ain't going to wear it on Easter Sunday, but it's the sale. Listen, it's the sale (laughs) that that counts. It took a while to make those 500 necklaces. Actually, this is probably my most expensive free gift that I've, you know, done, Um, which sometimes I'm like, bitch, you're doing too much, but I don't know. It, It makes me happy to give people like nice things and whatever. So yes, free gift this Friday. SantoXSanto.com. Stay tuned on the social medias at Solomon Ray Music to, you know, see when it goes live. Because I know, girl, I've learned, I've learned the hard way. 
make sure everything is up and running because the girls be on, they be on the site refreshing. They be really on the site refreshing, waiting. I be really on, whenever I tell the girls new masks are coming out, new this is going to come out, a buy one, get one free going to come out, a, a discount or a free gift. Whenever I say, whenever I give the girls a day, I be waking up in the morning and it'd be like 30 people on the site. And I'm like, what are you bitches doing? Refreshing. So um, stay tuned to my social medias and I'll let you know, guys know when it goes 100% live. But it's going to be cute. It's going to be fun, um, especially for the people who didn't get a chance to get or don't have the diamond cross necklace. They will be available starting Friday. It might be Friday night, girl, because that's when that's when the, the cat come home. Okay, so I'm gonna it's it's a lot. It's a lot going on Friday. I gotta go pick up the cat. I'm gonna probably be playing with her, making her at making sure her ass ain't tearing shit up. And but Serena gonna be here working on and it's just a lot of stuff going on on Friday. But it's gonna happen on Friday. All right, so stay tuned for the sale. A smooth operator, I'm a smooth operator. A smooth operator, Okay, and before we get into the little Nas things, I do. So I was on Twitter, and somebody was like, "How do you make friends?" Or so, like when you get into your thirties or something like that. How do you make friends or whatever? And I was like, "Oh my god! Like, how do you make friends?" You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I don't want to say like I want new friends, but there are times when I'm just like, oh. There's certain things I'm going to do with certain friends. Does that make sense? Like, there's, like, sometimes I want, like, a few more gay friends so I could do gay shit with. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to do some gay shit. Um, sometimes I want friends that I can just go to the winery with or friends that I could just, you know what I'm saying? Like, you have friends for certain things. Um, like, my friends don't always want to do the same shit all the time. So, and sometimes I want friends I could critter with, friends. It's just, you know, so... I was, so they were like, oh, girl, everybody in the comments was like, try Bumble. And I was like, bitch, ain't Bumble a fucking dating app? Apparently, Bumble, you can also look for friends. It's called Bumble BFF or Best Friends for Life or some shit. Bumble BFF or Bumble Best Friends or some shit, bitch. Well, I downloaded it and I was like, oh, my God, this is going to be fun. I'm going to be able to, like, you know, find some new friends or whatever like that. And then the whole time I'm thinking, like, do I really want? New friends, like, I trust my friends, and we don't we don't beat in no shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't be arguing and beefing with my, none of my friends. We don't got, um, we just don't be like that. I've known these people since I was a teenager, a lot of them, since I was really young, since I was in my 20s. Like, and I just be hearing horror stories from people with friends. They be like, my best friend backstabbed me, and da-da-da-da-da. And, I mean, listen, it happens. It's happened to me, but... I'm just like, I don't know. I think I'm fine with the friends I got. But then I got to thinking like, well, yes, a lot of my friends are like childhood friends or friends I've known for a very long time. But I've never made a friend as an adult, really. And I wonder, I want to know what that's like to be already, I don't want to say well-traveled and well, you know, but like after I've been an adult and and gone through life and ups and downs what is it like to start a friendship with that you know what i'm saying all my friends have been through my ups and my downs and my this and my that and the so i'm just curious it's like what is it like to get a friend when you've already gone through a good portion of that shit so i said girl let me go download this motherfucking app so i get on the app girl and 
it's giving me anxiety because you have to swipe right if you like them, swipe left if you don't, which is kind of like, bitch, I'm, I'm not rating you on your looks. You know what I'm saying? But because not everybody fills out their profile, but I feel mine down to the ground because it's just like, this is not a dating app where like we're looking for like, you know, uh, partners or hookups or whatever we're looking for like a friend so i want to know what you into bitch which seems also kind of like the other way around like you should probably want to know what people are into if you're dating them but i feel like there's a little leeway in that where i don't necessarily need a partner or like love interest or whatever to like all the exact same things i like i actually wouldn't mind you being low-key the opposite of me you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm okay with that. But as far as friends, bitch, we got to have some shit in common, bitch. Like, you know? So I'm scrolling. I mean, not scrolling. I'm whatever. Well, I am scrolling and looking through the profiles and whatnot. And one thing that they do is they only show you same sex people. You know, like if you're a guy, they only going to show you guys, which is weird because I'm just like, bitch, I'm looking for friends. I don't give a fuck if you got a penis or a uterus or some fallopian tubes and a scrotum bitch I don't care like I want to be able to kiki with you you know what I'm saying like that's what I'm using the app for but I guess some people I don't I'm sure it's some straight people shit that it's it's always the straights ruining shit for real they be really thinking the gays be ruining shit but it's really the straights because I feel like it's some straight people shit that's it's again like I feel like it's like you know Straight girls can't be friends with straight men and straight men can't have girlfriends. Like, I feel like it's some weird straight people shit because I'm just like, why can't I see girl options? You know, I'm sure there's a reason. So I'm scrolling and scrolling and scrolling. And I kid you fucking not 90. And clearly it's because I'm probably in San Diego, but I feel like this is just some basic bitch shit. But Nine, and I'm not joke. I'm not exaggerating these numbers. Probably 95% of the people on this app, everybody has an interest in hiking, looking for people to do outdoor things such as hiking, surfing, going to the beach. Now, bitch, I'll go to the beach, but bitch, I'm not about to get and walk up in some dirt. You know what I'm saying? The girls fucking love hiking. You are a basic ass bitch. I'm sorry. I'm sure the girls out here who are listening love to fucking hike and they enjoy all that outdoor shit. Cool. I'm not an outdoor lady. I'm not. I'm an indoor girl. I like climate controlled areas. I do not like direct sunlight. That says that on my profile. My profile says no direct sunlight. Hard no. Hiking hard no. That's probably why I ain't got no matches as of yet. So it's not like I'm not a bad bitch. It's just the girls probably just be like, ugh, he don't like to hike. Correct. I don't want to hike. To do what? To be in some damn dirt? What are you doing? Walking in dirt. You're walking in fucking dirt. What are you, like, there's rocks, dust, allergy shit, insect shit, plant shit, poison ivy, wolves, snakes, bears and shit, foxes, bitch, Hufflepuffs, all them motherfuckers is out in the fucking woods. Where hiking and like using your legs to get up rocks and sh like that that does not sound entertaining whatsoever it's like and the girls be like i'm gonna wake you like i was watch i did finally watch the demi lovato documentary oh girl we're gonna get into that too it's gonna be a long show <sighs> sit back and relax 
So I watched the Demi Lovato thing, and I guess the night she overdosed, her friends, she wanted her friends to stay over or whatever. And one of the girls was like, no, girl, I'm going to go. She's like, but let's go hiking in the morning. And Demi was like, yeah, let's do it. Bitch, I'm not waking up at 7. First off, I'm not waking up at 7 o'clock for nothing, bitch. I'm not waking up at 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock. I'm barely waking up at noon. But, bitch, what I'm not going to do is wake up on the weekends to go fucking walk in dirt. Why am I walking? It just doesn't make any fucking sense to me. I don't see anything enjoyable with it. It's just fucking not glamorous. So I asked the girls, I said, where are the glamorous friends? You know what I'm saying? I want, where are the glamorous friends who wear like nice clothes and we want to do hair and makeup moments and drink champagne and wine and go to dinners and, and eat cunt food and try the foods and go to the wineries and like, you know, just do glamorous things. It's not even glamorous. It's just like not dirt. You know, I don't want to be in the dirt. You know what I'm saying? Like, and listen, here's another thing when it comes to dirt and hiking. And I know some people don't do all this, but when I come out the shower, bitch, you want to know what I do after I dry my body off? I put on lotion from head to fucking toe. I moisturize my face, the back of my ears. I put, I put lotion on Every part of my body, my chest, my stomach, my booty, my thighs, my ankles, everything, my, my hands, my, my wrists, my elbows, every place on my body has fucking lotion on it. So, cause I want to be moisturized. Now, let me tell you, when you go outdoors and then you go with your lotion on a lot of times when there's like dust and like particles that you can't really see or feel and stuff, you go back home. And you, there's dirt it trapped in the, the, the moisture barriers of the lotion. I, that's not what I want. I don't want dirt. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to go sit in my car with all that stuff in my, my car? No. It's just, listen, I can really do a whole podcast on why people should never go hiking. But, you know, it's just not for me, girl. So... Needs to say, I ain't got no matches because everybody want to go hiking. But I do think that it might be a San Diego thing. I think it's a San Diego thing. I think it's mostly like a California thing. But it's so basic. It's such a basic bitch thing to do. Go walking. That is so fucking. You are a boring ass bitch. If you're if your profile. Listen, when I saw profiles, they were like, I'm looking for people to go hiking with basic ass bitch we have nothing in common you know what i'm saying like i'm a girl who wants to go to the museums i want to go on a boat you know what i'm saying i want to eat at all the cunt restaurants i i'm not a girl who really wants to go to amc theaters and watch a movie nothing wrong with amc theaters nothing wrong with that i don't mind it sometimes sometimes not all the time but i want to go to museums i want to go to the theater i enjoy plays i also enjoy um, musicals. I enjoy that type of shit. I like shopping. I like just being out and about and doing shit. Like I want to go to the club and pop my pussy. You know, I want to, I don't know. I just don't want to be walking in dirt. That is such a basic ass bitch thing to do. Like, so whatever, I'm not going to berate the girls who are too much longer about their hiking, their enthusiasm when it comes to fucking hiking. But it's just, it's really a motherfucking no. So let's move on, girl.
So I ripped Demi Lovato a motherfucking new one. And I, you know, once I did all that, I didn't feel bad. I didn't. But um, I was like, you know what? Let me just give the bitch the benefit of the doubt. You know what I'm saying? Let me watch this little fuck-ass documentary and see what it's given. You know, it might be... She might be really giving us some more tea than what I thought. I was like, it can't just be about the overdose. There's no way. It has to be about some other shit. Some gay shit, maybe. You know, I thought she came out as queer or a lesbian. Some shit. I was like, it's going to be some It's gonna be some shit, girl. It's gonna be, I, it it, it got to be something. Girl, I watched that fucking shit. <sighs> And it was just about the overdose. <laughs> it was just it was just about the overdose. <laughs> and I'm not laughing at the overdose because it's actually, it's a scary thing. Like drugs in general and overdoses and like reactions to things like that. It's actually a big fear of mine. I don't want to get on into it now. Maybe another time for another podcast, another time later. But it does give me, a, it gives me anxiety. It scares me a lot. So that was the bulk of the whole damn thing. And I'm the whole time I'm like, this is a mess, honey. Like, where is the juice? This is not that. Uh, I I just didn't think it needed like that, like a two hour <clears throat> documentary, because that's literally all they talked about was just the overdose. A course of like a 12 hour period. I said, oh, OK, well, uh, I won't be watching this again. So. Then on Saturday, I ended up, Saturday night, I watched the Tina Turner documentary. Oh, bitch. When I tell you, uh, I weeped, honey. I really fucking weeped. Uh, I really fucking cried ugly ass tears from, I don't want to say from beginning to end, but towards the second half, I, it just brought, like, even thinking about right now, like, really is choking me up. Like, girl, <clears throat> There is, I don't want to give too much away. I mean, it's really, it's no shade, it's no shade to Tina, but it really wasn't about, her documentary wasn't about nothing, <laughs> nothing either. It was really, it's no shade, but it was really just about her life growing up, Ike beating her ass and making music. You know what I'm saying? Like it was, no, it's no, no tea, but it was, cause see, I read her book when I was probably in third grade, I believe. Why was I reading I, Tina, in third grade. Not only that, I was reading the Lucille Ball autobiography. I was reading the Judy Garland's daughter's autobiography. Like, just a fucking fag. Like, just reading about the divas. Honestly, doing research. Honestly, reading about American icons. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, Thomas Jefferson, whatever. Like, you know, even fucking, you know, scientists. Like, John Adams or, you know, what's the bitch, Benjamin Franklin. You know, it's like, girl, who cares about them? I'm out here reading about Judy Garland, honey. I'm over here reading about Lucille Ball, a comedic legend, an icon. I'm reading about fucking Tina Turner. Like, those are the girls. Those are the people I was really, I didn't give a fuck about the other people. I was reading about Tina and Judy and Lucille. So, anyways, it. I think I watched the documentary because I already knew so much about her life, but this gave a different insight about things that she didn't really talk about in the book and they didn't mention them in the movie What's Love Got to Do With It. And I guess I was looking at it now through a different lens because, duh, I was in third grade. I was like eight years old. And then the movie came out, one of my favorite movies. Um, also, maybe I'll talk about this too because that was another thing about the movie that I 
kid you not, I'll never forget watching that movie and how it made me feel and how like traumatized I was. And my mom was pissed. So her side note, we'll get back into back on track. But when the movie came out, I didn't see it. Duh, I didn't see it in theaters, but we got it at Blockbuster. Rest in peace, Blockbuster. And they brought it back to my grandmother's house. And it was my mom's first husband. Um, and my I don't know where my mom was. I don't know where she was, but it was him. And I was sitting on my dad's lap and we were watching the movie. And it was like some other family members or whatever. And I was in the raw. I just could not. I was just music stuff, performance things, music documentaries, biopics about performers, especially strong women. Like, that does something. I was just a little gay boy in, like, just entranced. Like, I was like, this is, this is amazing. And all of a sudden, when Ike hits her in that scene where she gets flipped over the couch, I remember I was so scared. I was literally shaking in my dad's, like, lap i was like so nervous and i just was like this is i've never seen a man hit a woman before you know i've never seen my parents of course they would get in like arguments but they didn't get into like shouting matches or calling people calling each other names or throwing things and like they would just be like you know little tit for tats or whatever and it was few and far between but i've never thank god i've never seen a man hit a woman before and i was just like it just scared the shit out of me. Needless to say, once my mom found out I watched that movie, oh, she lit my my um her ex husband up. Oh, she lit that man up. She was like, "Why would you let Solomon see this shit?" <laughs> she was so mad. But see, because back then, my mom, you couldn't watch if something was a PG thirteen, it was a wrap, honey. Harry Pottery type shit and witchcraft shit and and all that. Uh, uh-uh. the only thing I was really I'm surprised I was able to watch a lot of things, but like, girl, if it had nothing to do with the Lord and and wholesome shit and Barney and friends, my mom was like, uh-uh, this child is not allowed to watch that grown people shit. And here I am being a mess as a 34-year-old gay man, cursing up a storm every motherfucking minute. So anyways, back to the fucking thing. So she, there was like, um, she, Tina gave a lot of her own, a different type of insight that clearly I didn't pick up on as a kid, but it just broke. Oh, it just broke my heart. Like she talked about how she never felt loved ever a point in her life. And there's cause Kurt Loder shout out to Kurt Loder. Like, does anybody remember Kurt Loder? Ah, music journalist. That was really what I wanted to do as a kid. I wanted to be a music journalist and interview all the musicians so Kurt Loder from MTV News, he ended up, you know, writing her book. And so he they had like all these cassettes and stuff where, you know, you talk into the cassette and they would transcribe things. And there's a part where Tina is breaking down crying because she's talking about how she's never felt loved. And like, ugh. Like that just really broke my heart. Because it's like you look up to these icons as like these strong you know, women who can just command a stage and have just, just fucking all the confidence in the world. And, you know, for her to be in her, I don't know, 50s or how old, however old she was when the book came out and to be like, yeah, I've spent all these decades of my life, but I've never felt loved. 
my mother never loved me. No one ever loved me. Ike never loved me. And she was saying how she never had friends. And she, there was she didn't have, like, no one around her. And then I got to think, I was like, damn, bitch, it's true. She didn't. And I don't know. It just really broke my heart, um, bitch. When I tell you, I weeped. And then it also broke my heart because she kept saying how, like, she just wanted to write the book. She didn't really want to write the book. She just wanted to be like, all right, this is what happened with Ike and I, and I just want to talk about it, and I never want to talk about it again. And nobody would let her not talk about it again. They kept bringing it up, you know, after years and years and years. And then she had her, you know, huge solo success. And, <clears throat> excuse me, she had like a huge solo success. And even then, after she's earned all these things, Grammy Awards, sold out stadiums, literally a fucking queen of rock and roll and they're still asking her and bringing up all this traumatic shit and you can see in interviews oh this is breaking my heart they played a clip where she starts getting hot and she's like i need my fan because it, she was like you're bringing up these issues and it didn't i didn't even think about it but it's like when someone if someone's beating you or when you're in this very dangerous violent environment and I'm not saying like verbal shit is not bad or whatever, but we ain't talking about, oh, I have a bad work environment and I don't like my coworkers and these people be calling me names. And no, someone's literally beating your ass on the daily and putting blood clots in your eyeballs. You know, like that has to be an immense amount of fear. And you have to keep talking about it. And it's like you get brought right back to that situation. And it's just like, oh, it just fucking broke my heart. Um, because I think now journalists and people who interview people and shit, that's not a line I don't think, or that is a line people are more aware not to possibly cross as they did in the 80s um, and the 90s, you know, and which is interesting even in terms of Britney Spears and then Tina Turner and just to see how the the media is treating who treated these women and how things are changing slightly now it's just interesting to see but not, needless to say that documentary was good there's so much good footage too I don't know where they found all this footage like there's um also there was a photo of her with a black, it's in she. I think she was in the studio or something, and you could see in one eye it was a black eye, and then the other eye there's like a blood clot, and I'm just like, what the fuck, you know? Um, it was just it was a good documentary. I enjoyed it, and towards the end, it really made me cry even more <laughs> because her husband. First off, her ha her home in Switzerland, bitch. Bitch, that home is so beautifully decorated. Um, her husband was saying like this. She's like, I need to say goodbye to my fans. I need to, you know, close this chapter because she doesn't want to do music ever again. She's been said that for it's been a while. She says she's done with music. She said I gave y'all bitches a lot of good shit, <laughs> so I'm done. Leave me alone. T, I understand it. Um, so she had her show on Broadway. And then that, then they did the documentary. She said, the documentary is going to be my goodbye. And I'm like, no, Tina. Uh, I just, 
one of my top five of all time. I really just love her. Um, I remember, <laughs> not that funny of a story, but when Savannah, in 2007, when I first started being Savannah, Savannah started literally as a drag queen and like performing, right? Because I was like, I just want to perform and I didn't know how, I know it sounds weird to even say this, but like, I didn't know how else I could perform. <laughs> it's like, oh, you can't like perform as a guy. No, but I just wanted to perform. And I used to have a show on Sunday nights at this place downtown in San Diego. And then I also had one on Wednesdays. Was it Wednesdays? At this Latin club, which is closed. Duh. Um, yeah, so I had a Wednesday night and a Sunday night. And I remember I would do a Rihanna umbrella. So I had like a whole little get up or whatever for that. But one of my numbers that I used to do was Private Dancer by Tina Turner. And maybe I'll share the picture. Maybe I won't because it's really a fucking tragic ass mess because the wig was a mess, honey. My drag sister was setting me up. She really was. She was really always setting me up. Like, I didn't realize that then, but she was always fucking setting me up. She would give me the most rattiest wigs and be like, no, they look good on you. Bitch, wig fucking 12 feet off my scalp. Why is the the wig, you know what I'm saying? The wig's supposed to be laid and close to the scalp. Why is my wig sitting up fucking 12 stories off my head? Always setting me up. But... The funny thing about the story, the thing is me doing Private Dancer by Tina Turner is the Sunday nights was an 18 and up club. And so, you know, the girls were listening to Britney Spears. They were listening to the Rihanna. They were listening to P- Pussycat Dolls, shit like that. Nobody was listening to like music from the 80s, especially not fucking Tina Turner, like Private Dancer. It wasn't like I was doing like the girls knew Proud Mary, you know, or either, you know, maybe an upbeat no, I don't even think they would even know Nutbush City Limits. But, like, they knew Proud Mary. But this moody, long, mellow, mid-tempo private dancer with a one-and-a-half-minute intro, girl, I was really fucking trying it. But I would turn it out and I would get my tips, bitch. I would turn it out and get my motherfucking tips. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I've um the documentary was really good. And I had a, a – it was good. I watched it and I cried and cried and cried. Um, and then towards the end, oh my God, they put the audio in. She does a, on the, I think it's on the Private Dancer album. She does Help, which is by the Beatles, written by John Lennon and Paul McCartney. And the way she does that with like these gospel organs and just the lyrics alone makes me weep. It really fucking makes me. (laughs) I'm so dramatic, but it's true. Like, it actually does make me weep. I love and I resonate with sad songs way before I will ever resonate with an upbeat song. Like, for me, I am such a deep cut type of girl. Like, I I go to the deep cuts. I love the deep cuts of songs. I don't like the hit singles. I don't like, like, um, what's love got to do with it? Love it. Don't mind it. Like, I love that song. Um, it's a take it or leave it for me. I'm going to take it. But if I had to leave it, I wouldn't mind leaving it. Um, I like the deep cuts help being one of them, but I don't like help off the private dancer album. I like help off the live album. And they showed footage of her performing it on HBO documentary. Uh, the reason why I love that song so much is because I think I love it even more now as an adult than I did then. But 
it's basically, and this is my interpretation, but for me, I take away it's being confident and being like, here I go. Jesus Christ. I fucking have gone through three goddamn episodes of this episode and I haven't cried since. Here I go backing on back on the crying machine. So it's kind of like a song. <laughs> it's about like being confident and knowing you've always had confidence and being um, self-assured and then getting a little older and realizing the confidence you had when you were younger is no, it's not the same as it is now. Like it's a little less and you're not this, com- not confident like you're just a loser, but like <laughs> you you're noticing you just don't have the same self-assurance. You're doubting yourself a little bit more. And you're like, damn, I wish I was as confident as I was when I was younger. And and then you're like coming to terms with like, when I was younger, I didn't need anyone. I didn't need anyone's help. I didn't need you in my life to get me to where I am. And then it's like, but now I could use your help and I could use you to help me put my feet back on the ground. I'm losing my way a little. And ugh, it just, I tell ya, I tell ya, it just really hit me, girl. See, I have so many great connections with different songs that she's done. And it's funny how some of them are more prominent during certain parts of my life. Like, this is just really what happens when you're just a fabulous artist. Um... I know fucking the Beatles or John Lennon and Paul McCartney wrote the song, but bitch, Tina took that shit to the motherfucking moon and back. She put her foot up in that motherfucking song and ate, honey, and left no crumbs. (sighs) What a fucking icon, man. A fucking icon. And that's why I was not trying to really shit on Demi, but it's like, (sighs) I want to know those stories of those... (sighs) getting like this. I don't know why I'm so emotional. I want to know those stories about behind those songs. I want to know what it was like when she recorded River Deep Mountain High. Like I didn't I knew this but I didn't really realize that it was a flop. That was a flop ass song. You know, and I I I just I love hearing behind the scenes stories of what happened during the creation of some of these songs and then I look back and be like, damn, like, who knew this is what happened? Or like, who knew that while this song was popping and going up the charts and she was touring for three years straight, that this is what was going on? Or this is how that song was created? Or the fact that she didn't like what's love got to do with it? Like, she fucking hated that song. I love, love, love those stories. So it's like, that's why I was like, girl, I don't really care about your drug overdose. You know what I'm saying? Like, If your drug overdose was connected to, like, a song or, like, I don't know, like, a music-related thing or some iconic moment in history, okay, I'll I'll watch it. But just to be like, girl, I came home from a party and wanted to do some heroin. All right, cool. I guess we could have just kept that into, like, a a 20-minute blog on YouTube. So, I don't know. I just – that was a good documentary. Also, it's just interesting that, like, all my favorite songs – by most of my favorite artists are the ones like I normally hate their singles and like their most popular song I normally hate and I don't hate what's love got to do with it but it's definitely not my favorite side note before we get out of this topic 
it blows people's minds that I hate Toxic by Britney Spears. Hate it. Literally fucking hate the song. And what's sad is not only is it my least favorite Britney Spears song, it's probably one of my least favorite songs in the history of music. So remove Britney Spears out of the equation. I don't like Toxic. I never did, never will. I remember when I first listened to the song on MTV The Leak, years and years and years ago, like a week before it came out, I remember I heard that and I said, what, what is this screeching? Like the... Like that type of shit, hate. I hated the Bollywood strings. I hated the, the, um, you guys won't get this. Oh, it's a footbox. So that's the, the plugin that you use. But it's a um, high compression where it's like they go over, it's like a staticky sound. And then there's a way you can boost up the compression and, and thin out the vocal where it's, it's, I don't know how to put it explain it without giving audible examples but i don't like that song i don't like that song and it just it sucks because that's britney's that's her grammy award winning song but what do i know bitch my favorite britney spears songs are the sad ones all right moving right along another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help for your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So on to Lil Nas X. Um... I don't really know too much. I just know, like, the girls were, like, talking about this music video or whatever. So I was like, girl, let me go watch this music video, child. And I don't have a problem with them. You know, duh. I don't give a fuck about no gay shit, bitch. Like, I, I, that shit clearly doesn't bother me. I don't care. I'm not the type of gay guy who's like, oh, I don't like all that gay shit. You, you do, you being too gay, bitch. First off, I am a whole entire homosexual. I put dicks in my mouth for fun. Get out of here, bitch. So, Stuff like that doesn't really bother me. Actually, it doesn't bother me at all. Side note, I was on the fucking Bumble friend, best friends for life app. And this guy was like saying, he said, not exactly straight, but not flamboyant either. If that matters. I said, girl, swiped left. I'm not here for the self-hating ass girls. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I can't have that in my life. I don't want friends that ain't got no confidence. You know, it's, if, listen, I, I'm not, if. I just don't have the time to, like, work on somebody's shit. You know what I'm saying? I'm working on myself, bitch. I was telling the girls earlier with the Seaspiracy documentary on on Netflix about, you know, we got to stop eating fish and seafood because it's killing our oceans and it's killing the, the some shit, bitch. Climate change, turtle shit, ice cap shit, fucking melting shit girl i don't fucking know and quite frankly bitch i don't give a fuck i'll be 100 honest bitch i'm black mexican and gay i got enough of shit on my life on the daily basis that i gotta motherfucking deal with bitch i'm gonna eat my fucking claws of fucking lobster meat and crab legs and shrimps and shit bitch 
Leave me alone with all that dumb shit. I don't give a fuck about the turtles. Wish them well. Hope they are okay. Bitch, that ain't my problem. So the girls who are like, you know, self-hating ass homosexuals and stuff like that, bitch, if you want to hate yourself, power to you, honey. Enjoy. That ain't got nothing to do with me. I'm not trying to help you hoes out. I'm not trying to walk y'all through the motherfucking um, the, the prairies and get you from point A to point B. I'm not trying to do none of that, bitch. You can stay over there in cuckoo land. I'm cool. See you on the flip side, bitch. Because quite frankly, bitch, I'm my, I could die tomorrow. Be honest. I could be, I could, bitch, I could die in a, a couple minutes, ho. It, I don't know when I'm going to die. But one thing I do know is a bitch probably got 45 to 50 more years on this planet. Okay, I'm going to be dead when the ice caps is gone, honey. I'm going to be dead when the, the fucking turtles is extinct. I don't give a fuck. I ain't going to be here to worry about it, bitch. I got a, I'm trying to live my life the best way I know how. I've been, so I'm black, Mexican, and gay, and I'm 34 years old, and I'm finally living my motherfucking life. And it took me 34 fucking years to get to this point. I ain't trying to to not live in glamour and, and cuntness and luxuries and enjoy my life. That might be cute for the other girls, bitch. No, it took me a long time to get here, bitch, and I ain't slowing down. So good luck to the turtles. Um, Good luck to the self-hating ass homosexuals. Um, What else? Oh, side note on the fucking Bumble Act. It was like, it was like I would find somebody. I'm like, oh, this person looks cool. I think we can like vibe or whatever. Then I would look at the group photos and they'd be like the only black person or Latin person or Asian person. And they'd be like in a group photo with like 12 other white people. And I'm just like, okay, maybe that's just one photo. And then you look at all their photos and they're the only thing in there. Everybody, they, all their coworkers is white, all their friends is white. I'm just like, mm, yeah, not for me. Thanks. Good luck. So good luck to them. Good luck to the turtles and good luck to the self-hating homosexuals. Now back to this music video. So I watched the music video. Um, uh, um, yeah, I watched it. It didn't do much for me. The only thing, that, the thing is I didn't like the music video. I'll be honest. It wasn't for me. And Here's the thing. I didn't like it because I didn't dislike it because it was about the devil or whatever. I just didn't like them fucking lace front cornrows. You know what I'm saying? This fucking dookie braids. Like, I just, something about braided lace fronts, I'm not a fan of, girl. I'm also not a fan of just the whole hairline is a fucking baby hairs. You know what I'm saying? Like, the girl... It, listen, the baby lay-me-downs is getting out of control. It's getting out of fucking control. I don't know who to blame. I don't know if it's somebody over at Fashion Nova pushing the buttons. I don't know what the fuck is going on, but I feel as each year progresses, more and more and more baby hairs are being added to the fucking perimeter of these lace fronts. Cool it on the baby hairs, guys. That's not... At some point, you gotta be like, bitch, those ain't even baby hairs. Those are fucking hairs you cut. Cut it out. Baby, that's not baby hairs, baby. Baby hairs are supposed to be soft and, and soft and, and thin and like baby hairs. Girl, I'm so over the girl and these girls and these baby lay-me-downs, bitch. Just fucking glued bangs. The fuck? Cool it with the fucking baby hairs. I'm over it, girl. Like, ugh. So that was the only thing that really bothered me was the fucking wigs, bitch. And those fucking color contacts. 
a lot of y'all know I fucking hate color contacts with a fucking passion. And it's not like I just hate them on black people. I hate them on every part. It could be a white person with some color contacts. And I'd be like, please get that pixelated shit out of your eyeballs, please. You look like a fucking Siberian husky. Why do you have them fucking pixelated things in your eyeballs? It's so weird. It's so fucking weird. And the girls would be like, oh, if you buy the nice ones, I buy the expensive ones. No, bitch. It's still, you can still see the drops of pic- pixels in there. It looks crazy. You know what I'm saying? When I'm talking to someone, I look them in their eyes. And I'm over here looking at, I'm counting the fucking paint by number shit that's in your fucking eyeballs. The Listen, color contacts, I hate with a fucking passion. So it was just a fucking shitty music video with bad lace fronts with a shitload of baby lay me downs, fucking color contacts. It was just, oh my God. It was just like Fashion Nova literally in hell. It was just take all the things I fucking hate in society right now and please put it in one music video, which might honestly, if that were the case, then I would really consider this music video highbrow art. Because that would really be a commentary on all the shitty shit that our, our, our society is really being, you know, dealing with. It's not about um, the fucking Satan and gay people and fags, bitch. It's the fucking color contacts. That's the problem we have in society is these color contacts and bad lace fronts. That's it. Girl, get off Amazon. Start plucking the lace. It's just, I hate it. I don't want to make this a... I'm going to move on, but... The music video to me, hmm. So, it didn't do much for me because the symbolism was so cheap. And, you know, it's very elementary. It's very elementary in the sense that it's light and dark, heaven, hell, good, bad, up and down, you know, those are, those are like, that's that type of symbolism that like we, that's so elementary. It's so remedial and very like, I don't want to say low brow, but it's just so cheap, you know? So, and the girls were like, oh, but it's, it's a take on this and it's this and that. And it's like, the girls are like doing these thing pieces. And I said, girl, like. I got that on the first watch of the music video, girl. We don't need these long ass takes, you know, like it's kind of, that's kind of what it is. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It wasn't this like fucking, like we didn't, we don't need like dissertations and we don't need this to be studied in like, you know, um, the fucking new art school. Like it's, that's not, it's not that it's literally the symbolism is cheap. And I would have appreciated the music video if it were a little bit more sophisticated. Um, But you know what? It's still art because I guess boiled down to its its smallest, 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 like if you think about it to the – its demographic is going to be able to digest this easily and understand it, I think. Um, you know, the whole taps is going to go in on this. And, I, you know, it's cool. It works. 
Not for me. I would have, like, again, like I said, I would have appreciated a more of a sophisticated music video. You could have still done the, like, heaven and hell shit. But I don't know. I just feel like I get I get what he was trying to say. I, I do like that. And that I do, I do like, you know, the fact that he did that. But I don't know. I think it could have been just more sophisticated and just, you know more fleshed out and I I would say more subtle but I guess that was also the point is not to be subtle and I get it um also the girls was mad because he came out with some shoes and the only problem I have with the shoes is I guess it contains a drop of human blood that's drawn from the MSCHF employees that make the shoes that to me is a little weird that's a little like it's a little it's a little too much you know it's a little too much yeah yeah it's a little too much because first off uh, pathogens bloodborne pathogens honey that's disgusting it's not even like <clears throat> and it's like i get the girls want to do like shock value things but it's like it's again very low brow it's very not sophisticated. Is it on brand with maybe what he's trying to do? I'm sure it is. But I just feel like when people do shit like that, it's just for shock value and it's not actually. Is it artistic? Yes, it's artistic. But there's like levels of art. You know, like there's this musician who, oh my God, every fucking photo he did every album single cover it would be his nose bloody nose or you know i'm just like girl what is the point of this you know what i'm saying like the girls just want to be doing shit like oh this is so cool this is it's not it's just a fucking bloody nose you know what i'm saying like there's nothing fucking artistic about it there's nothing rock and roll about it there's literally nothing punk about it it's just a fucking bloody nose bitch you look it's that's it but he just swore like i'm such a like you know, I'm just a really good artist. I'm just all about art and just art and art and art. And I'm just like, it's not even great art. It's literally the cheapest form of art you could do. You know what I'm like? But, you know, the girls aren't really well-versed and fully fleshed out when it comes to actual art and even performance art. So I'm sure people... Listen, the girls are listening to mumble rap and fucking Katy Perry songs and shit and watching Katy Perry walk around with fucking ice cream or what is it? Whipped cream shooting out of her bra. And they're like, if that's if that is the level that which we're looking, th- uh, if that's how we're comparing and looking at things, of course, they're going to look at like a bloody nose or like this little Nas video and be like, oh, this is such this is highbrow art this is just so sophisticated and it's like it's not and i mean excuse me in a sense it is considered performance art if you really look at it um because ultimately performance art i don't know what the it's like five elements or four elements or like four different whatever bitch i haven't studied this shit in since 2014 maybe yeah, but I, all I do know is there has to be the presence of a, a, a relationship between the public and the artist, and the the exchange 
that the public and the artists have together. And there has to be a reaction, which isn't hard to get. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you could just, the artists, you you could slap the artists. And as long as there's a reaction from the public, it's considered performance art. You know, is it great performance art? Of course not. But so, but it's technically performance art. So is Little Nas's, they're like, it's just performance art. This is one of some of the best performance art we've seen in a long time. And I'm like... Uh, you know, maybe, yeah, because it did have a very strong public um, response. But if that's the case, if we're basing it on social media and the society that we live in today, like, then what else is performance art? Shit, that's on the shade room. You know what I'm saying? Like, granted, those are not artists, but it's just... I know this is getting a little too deep. I get it. And I'm going to move on, but... I just, I just hope, I just hope art isn't thinned out as we continue living, you know, but I'll, you know, bitch, I, I also sound probably like an old bitch, you know what I'm saying? I probably, I'm sure like my parents probably thought like Madonna shit wasn't art or, <laughs> you know, like they probably, they probably don't, didn't even think Little Kim shit was art. You know, and you look back on it and it really was. So, you know, maybe I'm just an old bitch and I don't understand what the new kids is doing. And I do recognize it as art. Um, and I will say I'd rather a musician get this type of um, mass attention than a reality star or a social media person. I would. Because at the end of the day, I did like the song. I do like that song, and I think it's a good song. Is it an amazing song? No. Is it a good song? Yes. Is it a take it or leave it? Yes. It's a take it or leave it. Would I want to take it? Not necessarily. If I had to leave it, that's okay. But all in all, I thought it was a good song. I enjoyed the structure of the song. I liked the build up. Um, I liked the key change that he in they included in the song, which not a lot of people probably were able to catch. But all in all, I thought it was good. Um, I don't have, like, again, I don't have a problem with the gay shit, the devil shit. I don't give a fuck about none of that shit. I don't believe in the devil, none of that shit, bitch. But um, it was just, it would have been nice if he would have got all this attention for, like, something a little bit more polished and nicer. Um, it just seemed like an expensive video. Like, probably, like, the budget was, like, half a million. And they were like, oh, yeah, the use all the budget, girl. Use all of it. You know, oh, but the but the wigs, we don't need to spend that money much money on the wigs. We can we can um just get some free wigs donated from us through Amazon and some influencers. A smooth operator, a smooth operator. A smooth operator, And okay, so my last topic, I I probably will do this uh, another time and really go more in depth in it. But because it is something hard for me to talk about, um, I know a lot of times I'm really like a funny person and some people think I'm funny or over the top dramatic. And yeah, that is that is a part of me. But there's also a, a really like um, deep artistic person. Oh, my God. I sound so fucking like douchey. There's a deep artistic person inside of me. <laughs> no, but there is. Um <laughs> I'm sure, like, maybe this last topic, maybe me talking about just 
performance art and stuff like anyways whatever I don't even know what I'm talking about what I do want to say is there is another side of me that is incredibly vulnerable that I don't like to share with anyone and the only way I share those incredibly vulnerable parts is through writing songs um and I am getting to a point in my life, or not my life, but just as of recently, duh, in my life, duh, because I'm living it, um, where I haven't been able to really express myself in such a long time that it's starting not to eat away at me, but I'm just getting to a point where I miss that outlet. And I spent most of my life not ever really talking about my feelings and not wanting to burden people with how I felt and not exposing myself as being vulnerable. So I would always write songs and um, especially new people who are on board who don't know, but I've been making music since 2007 and I've been writing and producing all my shit. And a lot of people always gravitated to like, I guess some of my songs, because it was, um, I guess, maybe lyrically honest. I was just writing about my own experiences, and I didn't realize that a lot of people dealt with a lot of that stuff, too. Anyways, all I'm saying is that has always been my outlet to express myself and get things off of my chest. It wasn't therapy. It wasn't... It That was my therapy. And since... I don't know. When was the last time I actually was in a studio recording music? 2019. So it's been going on almost two years. And I'm just getting to that point where it's like I, you know, like when you've set yourself up to only be able to express yourself a certain way and then you don't do that thing that you set yourself up to do, you're just like looking like, well, bitch, how else do I express myself? Like, how else do I get off all this shit off my shoulders? And, you know, and I'm getting to that point where I need to do that. But at the same time as I don't like the business of music anymore. Um, so it's hard because the only thing I'm I'm used to doing and that I'm actually good at I don't want to do anymore because I don't like the business aspects of it. Um, because there's a lot of other components to where you have to be at the mercy of everyone else. And there's a lot of projects and things that have dropped because the people in charge and label reps and just, just random ass people would just fuck shit up. And it would be like, oh, okay, well, you know, next time it'll be better. And it's like, bitch, I don't, have another next time. You know, like, I don't want to do another next. It should have got been good now. And I think why I'm enjoying my e-commerce life and being, doing this podcast and social media shit is because I can control it. And I know everything's going to land because I'm a hard worker and everything's going to work because I'm behind it. I'm not, I'm not, in trusting other people to make sure things happen. And as a Capricorn, I just, I it's hard for me to trust people. And it's also hard for me to trust people are going to do their jobs. So, you know, it's hard for me to do music and 
have these incredibly sensitive things that I poured so much of myself into and to see people like forget to send it out or forget to like <laughs> pitch it to networks and just whatever. It just, it just sucks. Um, but needless to say, I have been working on new music. There is, um, I've just gotten back to writing the songs that are really important to me. Um, there, I, I did, my last EP was reggaeton. And the only reason why I did the upbeat, danceable reggaeton stuff was because I was always writing sad songs. Um, and people were always like, you know, you need to stop writing sad songs. You need to write some more upbeat, danceable shit. And I'm like, well, bitch, I'm not an upbeat, danceable girl. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, that's me. But deep down, like when... So like, you know, when I go home and close the door, I'm not always that person. You know, I'm not saying I'm I'm fake or I'm just a different, but you know, you have a a person a personality. You have different I believe you have different personalities throughout your life and and throughout your day. And when I come home and when it's just me by myself or when I'm in the shower or whatever, that's me and I'm not always li- I don't listen to upbeat dance music. I don't. That's not me. I listen to sad songs. I've always been I've always been like I've always had like this tinge of like not sadness, but like I I just always resonated with the sad songs on albums and those songs would always make me fall in love with music because it would always strike um <clears throat> a chord in me and it just made me feel something that made me feel really strong emotions that um, upbeat songs didn't. So they were like, oh, you need to write upbeat, you know, danceable songs. And I was like, fuck, I don't really want to. But I was like, you know what? I'm going to prove everyone wrong. I'm going, I'm talented enough to be able to write and produce a upbeat song. And I did. And I made an EP full of them and they were successful and they did really, really well. They're actually my most, not all, but like most of it, it's my most, you know, um, I don't know what the word I'm looking for. My just, I had a good response. I'll put it that way. It was, it was streamed a lot. I'd made a lot of money off of those songs. Still am. Um, but the thing that was missing was when I would write these songs, I was always told, like, I would always put in a few lines of, like, sadness. And, like, you know, I don't want my song to just be about I'm in the club dancing. I want it to be mostly about, like, I'm in the club dancing, but I also have a, a broken heart. Or I'm looking for love in all the wrong places. Or I'm, you know, I, I always wanted to have, like, a real aspect of it that's really relatable that's me, you know, and I was always told like, no, this is reggaeton. This is about passion and 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 sex and happiness and dancing and drinking. And, uh, and I was like, okay. And so I was always discouraged to put, keep those lines in my songs. Needless to say, I did it. I'm not saying I'm not like, I hate the songs. It's just, I love them. I'm really also, I'm very proud of those songs because I proved that I can write 
a danceable song. I could write a danceable hit. I'm talented enough to write and produce that. But it's time for me to get back to the songs that I'm used to making. And a lot of those are not really pretty topics. Um, I mean, they're not like slit your wrist topics, but they're just fucking like real shit. It's, it's topics. It's not the songs that I did on the reggaeton stuff was when you go outside your house and you go out into the public and you go to the club. The songs I need to get back to is what do you do when you get back home? when you close that door and it's just you, you know, like and navigating those emotions. Um, so I've written a lot of really beautiful songs. Um, I have a lot of great production that I'm really, really proud of. Um, I'm getting back to kind of like my old production style of using taiko drums and changing out like structure is not something I believe in. Reggaeton is full of structure. Pop music is full of structure. And so getting rid of a lot of the structure and shit, I'm I'm nice. It's nice to get back to that. Um, the only thing is I haven't recorded those songs yet. I've been so busy, but I want to get back to it. It's time for me to get back to music. And I'm not trying to sound like an elitist or classist person, but there is, in my opinion, there is value in being... A musician. And there's value in, in having a talent. And I know this is not the nicest thing to say to people. And I'm sure people are going to be like, well, what about me? I'm not a musician. I'm not talking about you. <laughs> but I'm talking about we're just in a moment where like people are known for no reason. And I just, I just feel better if I'm going to be known, if I'm going to continue this I want to be I want at the very core at the very bottom when you strip me of everything at the very end of the day I'm a musician at the end of the day I'm a producer at the end of the day I'm a writer and I don't want that to ever be misconstrued I don't want people to be like oh that's an influencer I'm not that do I influence shit of course but I don't want that to be what people think of me I don't that's not me and I need to get back to music. I need to get back to what got me here in the first place. I need to get back to that. Um, there may not be value anymore in being a musician and being viewed as an artist anymore. And that's okay, but there's it's value in me. It makes me feel better. And, you know, it's, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a firm... I'm a firm believer that when I die, like, what did I leave behind? You know? <clears throat> and I just feel like... I just feel like art and music and literature and, like, Things that you create that come from a very raw area and a really honest area really stand the test of time. And I'm also a firm believer is when people look back on, it may not be like this anymore, but when people look back on time periods and stuff, they're looking at what did the artist create, you know? When they look back on 
Um, yeah, I mean, definitely like political shit and, you know, but when you do like a time lapse or when you like, oh, let's dress up as this, this era for Halloween or whatever, it's by contributions from artists. And artists are just so valuable but undervalued. Um, but, you know, when I die, like, those are the things that I really want to leave behind. I, those are the things that I'm proud of the most. Uh, I'm not saying I'm not proud of this or, you know, but it's just I don't I don't have a strong emotional connection to a lot of these things as I do with the things that I create in terms of music and art. And I just need to get back to that because that is my meaning in life. And it may not be as successful or get me as enough. Bitch, I made more money. <laughs> I'm not going to talk about it. But needless to say. Bitch, also, I make more money off this podcast than I do off of music, which is really fucking wild. Yeah. <laughs> the amount of money I g- they pay me for this podcast is in is fine, but the amount of money that Spotify pays me for my music, for every time one person listens to my music versus one person who listens to this podcast is literally fucking disgusting. It's fucking disgusting. I and I can go on and on about this, but it's 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 really unfair. And um, but needless to say, I need to get back to music. I'm thinking about probably doing a music video um, for Costumbres, which I really wanted to do earlier on. I just didn't have the time. Um, I was in Mexico and I was too busy doing the first video for another thing that I just was like, bitch, I'm. I'm over it. I also didn't have the money that I have now. So Costumbres is a song that I'm really proud of. And it just needs a nice, beautiful visual. Um, Something very poignant. And that's the thing, I think, with the Little Nas thing that I think didn't resonate well with... Not well, like it was bad, but it didn't resonate with me because it wasn't poignant. And there's something about doing something and still having a message and still striking up intense response from people, but still having it beautiful and poignant, you know, and that was missing. But needless to say, I do, I'm, I'm toying with the idea of doing a music video for Costumbres. I don't know if I'm going to do it in Mexico or if I'm going to do it in the United States, but I want it to be beautiful and well done. And I have some ideas. And even that idea, there's a message behind that. And it's some gay shit, duh. But but it's, you know, it's going to be, if I can find the right people to help me do it, um, it's going to be really pretty and hopefully strike up some emotions with people and, because uh, it's such a beautiful song. But yeah, I'm maybe I'll I'll keep you guys updated. I don't really always like to talk about the music stuff because it just it's an, a side of me that I don't like to really talk too much about, but I rather do it and put it out there instead of trying to explain it. But that's also where my head is right now. Um so yeah, I'm not this huge like exuberant over the top funny person when I talk about music and creating things, but 
that's probably also why I don't really talk about it because it's not very entertaining to hear me talk about it. <laughs> All right, moving on. A smooth operator, I'm a smooth operator. A smooth operator, I'm a smooth operator. Okay, so this week's listener letters, it was a couple people who were in these, I, I guess, relationships, and they're like, oh, my man is cheating on me. What sh- should I do? But I don't want to leave him and stuff. And I'm just like, I don't really know how else to really respond to that, aside from being like, well, girl, he's not going to change. And one of them was she she ended up dating this guy while he was with his then girlfriend. So he leaves his then girlfriend for her. And she's like, Oh, now he's cheating on me. What should I do? And I'm just like, and she was like, Oh, we're trying to get pregnant. And And I'm just like, girl, like when you marry, when you marry a man that cheats on his wife, you marry a man that cheats on his wife. I don't know how we don't understand that. You know, like, I don't know. And I'm not trying to throw neither of these women under the bus, but it's just like, girl, what makes you think you are the exception? You know what I'm saying? But at the same time, it's like, there's no advice or any like input I could really offer you. It's just, if that's the life that you want to live and that's, that's your reality, then girl, I just, good luck. You know, if you like it, I love it. And yeah, I just... Yeah, if you marry a man that cheats, you marry a man that cheats. If, you know, you get him. Well, what did my grandma used to say? You lose him how you get him. (laughs) All right, but I do have a letter from someone named Destiny. Destiny says, hey, Solomon, first of all, I adore you. You are the first and only podcast that I listen to. One thing I noticed is how articulate you are and how you use a multitude of words. I think it would be cute to do Solomon's word of the week. Like last week, it would have been divine. And this week, I would say feverishly. I consider myself to have a pretty large vocabulary, but since listening to you, I realize that I don't really use it. I feel like, for lack of a better term, I dumb myself down for others. Sometimes I'll say something and my husband starts using context clues and shit, so I tend to keep it simple unconsciously. That's why it's refreshing to listen to someone like you, because sometimes when you use a word, I'm like, yes, bitch, feverishly. Like, damn, I almost forgot that word existed. Anyways, keep doing what you're doing, and I'm sending you positive vibes from Texas, Destiny. Thank you, Destiny. It's funny, my friend, day one of the podcast, she was like, bitch, you are giving the girls vocabulary. And it's it's crazy because I don't realize, you know really where I get a lot of my vocabulary from? My mom. It's wild. And my mom is, I'm not trying to shave my mom, but she's not like an avid reader. I'm an avid reader, but I haven't, I've only read one book so far this year, and I just finished it maybe, I don't know, three, four days ago. Um, Normally, by March, it's fucking April, damn near. And I would have read at least, at least five books by now. Um, But my mom's not like an avid reader, but she definitely has a really big vocabulary. So... I think a lot of it comes from like, you know, hearing people use words. And I love, I love words. I love the words. I don't know what it is about them that just tickle me, bitch. It really fucking sends me. Um, But 
I get where you're coming from when you're saying like sometimes you feel like you have to dumb yourself down. And I get that because I know a lot of people do that. I don't. I enjoy words. I like hearing words. I like hearing the words come out of my mouth. Um, I like the way words are pronunciated. Like, I love words in general. So I don't think I would ever dumb myself down. But also, side note, here's the thing. Um, And I'm not coming after you or anyone, but there is this really weird, you know, misconception that just because people use quote unquote big words that they're smart, like they're not, bitch. Like, (laughs) like, you could be dumb as fuck. And be using big ass fucking words and still fucking dumb because people forget that like part of intelligence is um, logic. Also, part of intelligence also is a portion of it is memory, which I think they need to really cut that shit out. Because just because you can memorize something doesn't really, I don't think necessarily, I don't think it should be weighted the same as logic. And logic is not what the girls think it is. Like people think logic is common sense. That's not what logic means. It's not. I'll talk about this another time, but yeah, logic doesn't mean common sense. People really, for some reason, think like, oh, though this bitch has no logic, uh, that's not, uh, that's not really what logic is. Like, you're close, but no cigar. Um, so yeah, I, 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 I get where you're coming from. Again, I know a lot of people are afraid to like use words and stuff, but that's, I think that's the beauty of using them is you can learn and other people can learn them. And I don't know. I just love, love. I'm a words girl. I am a words girl. And that's really before um, (laughs) I dropped out of college. I really wanted to be a journalist so bad. And I wanted to write for Rolling Stone. I wanted to write like I wanted to do music journalism so, so bad. And I used to have a column in my school newspaper. But when I was 15, this is my first job ever. My first job, as some of you guys may know, is I worked for a magazine, you know, KPB, like PBS, Public Broadcast Systems, or PBS, the um, Roger, what's that shit? Mr. Rogers Neighborhood, all that shit. Sesame Street, bitch. So I had a job, it was like an intern, but it was a paid internship. For a summer, and they they were like, "Oh, okay, you're 15 years old. Like, okay, we have some jobs at PBS. Cool, we'll do it." So th- the lady was like, "All right, we could do. You could be a janitor." I said, "Cleaning? No, bitch. I'm not taking out the trash and cleaning toilets, honey. It's great idea, but I will definitely walk the fuck right on out. Which my mom would have never have let me do. But I was like, I'm not about to do be no fucking janitor. Like, bitch. I know I'm Mexican, but bitch, damn. Like, we. I can't do something else." They saw my little Mexican ass. It was like, bitch, make that motherfucker clean the damn toilets. But I got that bitch together. I said, no, it's not going to happen. She was like, well, what do you want to do? I said, I want to write articles. Mm-hmm. Yes, sweetie. I want to write articles. She was like, what are you talking about? I was like, I want to write for the magazine. The magazine department? I want to write articles for the magazine department, sweetie. And so she was like, I don't know. And so she was like, well, you can go talk to this lady. Her name was Sue Warner. Shout out to Sue. She was like, she's in charge of the magazines or whatever, the magazine that they have. So she was like, I don't know if she sent me to Sue to be like, oh, girl, this little boy, 15-year-old gay boy, want to fucking write for your magazine. Like, you know, just 
put him down nicely and tell him no so he can get to clean these fucking toilets. So, Sue, black lady, shout... See, listen, this is... This is why I be really going hard for, like, black women will always have your fucking back. Uh, and I'm not trying to make this a white and black thing, but it what the HR lady was a white woman and she didn't she wanted me to clean the fucking toilets. Damn, and see, I didn't look at it as a race thing back then. I was just like, this bitch really got me fucked up. Um <laughs> so anyway, so she takes me to the lady who's in charge of the magazines. Black lady. Her name is Sue. Shout out to her. So she's like, so I hear you want to write articles. I was like, yes, I want to write like, I want to write music articles, da -da 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 -da, just like Rolling Stone. I like their, um, I like the prose that they use. I like their language, their style. I love it. That's totally me. She said, do you have any examples? I said, yeah, betcha by golly, I do. So I gave her all my examples for my fashion column that I had for my, um, my column that I had for the school newspaper. But I also wrote for XY Magazine when I was, um, was it when I was 15 or was I 16, 17? Maybe this was a little bit later because I did, I did write for that magazine. I had a column too. And then hold on and side note, side note, I'm really not trying to big myself up, girl, but I, bitch, it just, sometimes you just gotta like, just give it off. Like I also, I forgot I was also a published author when I was, how old? I was in eighth grade or seventh grade. Eighth or seventh grade. Seventh or eighth grade. I don't know. One of those fucking, I want to say maybe seventh grade. It couldn't have been eighth grade. Yeah, because my English teacher was like, yo, you have talent. Can I submit this? And I said, girl, boo, here you go. And then she submitted it, poems and stuff like that. And it was like a big thing. Like I had like a, a ceremony and like we had like a release and stuff. That is so fucking why I forgot all about. It was called Border Voices. Damn, bitch. And you know what's really fucked up? I know my parents don't even know where that book is. I know my, my dad was so proud of me. He was like really, really proud of me. But my mom, that's what, no, I was in sixth grade maybe. Bitch, I don't remember. Because my mom was pregnant with my little brother so she couldn't make the ser like she couldn't go to the the launch thing because she was bedridden damn they probably ain't got, even got that fucking book and bitch guess how much money i made from that book nothing <laughs> oh my god see god bless my parents because they were just so happy for me but they didn't even look at the logistics and the money aspects of it they were like yeah let's do it Damn, Solomon now would have been like, um, you need to run me my check, bitch. Like, I don't know what the fuck you're doing. So anyways, so anyways, so I'm sitting in Sue's office and I tell her, I said, I really want to write for your magazine. So she's like, all right, cool. So she's like, um, do you have examples? I said, yes. I pull out my, I don't even know why I had these. Why am I literally going to cry again? I don't know why when I talk about these things, it just makes me so emotional. But I would carry, oh God, I would carry my articles and my, oh God, here we go. Get over it, Salome, shut the fuck up. So I would carry my articles and things I've written in like my book bag because they just meant so much to me. Why am I crying? Um, They just meant so much to me, the things that I wrote and just my experiences and um, just life experience and things. Like, I just thought, like, 
if I couldn't get it down on paper that I'd forget it or I wouldn't, I don't know. It was just a thing about I need to get these ideas and thoughts and things that I'm going through on paper because that was just the only way I could release it. I don't, listen, so I don't really like to talk about a lot of these things because it just sends me a little bit. Um, but that's why writing is so important to me for that. Um, so anyway, so I pull out my, my articles and she's reading them. She's like, this is really good. And so she's like, one moment. So she goes and she dips out. And then she said, you're going to work for me. And so she gave me my own desk. And she, you know, I sat next to this guy named, oh, I think his, his name was something Zuniga. Joey Zuniga or Zuniga was his last name. And he was so fucking dope and so cool. And I learned so much shit from him. And I would go in every morning. I would get on the school, not the school bus, the, the public transportation, like city bus. I never taken a city bus a day in my life, but that's when I, I would get, go to work. I mean, go to my mom's job and then I would get on the, the bus and I would go to PBS and I would get into my little desk and I would write articles and pitch them. And um, I wrote an article. <laughs> I wrote an article about Pink's CD at that time that just came out. And then I also was on assignment to write about golf courses, which they gave me like the shitty, you know, the shitty stories that nobody wanted to write about. Which was fine, but I was just so... I'll never forget when I picked up the magazine and I saw my first byline and seen my name in print. Like, uh, it just made me feel like a bad bitch. Um, I don't even know how I got on this topic. <laughs> no, so I wanted to be a journalist my whole life. I just loved writing. I still love writing. Now I don't write things like that anymore, but I definitely write songs. Um, but I've just had a really strong strong affinity towards words and they mean a lot to me i it and i think here i go again and i think the reason why i love words so much is because it allows me the ability to really you know express how what i'm feeling or find a way to really streamline my emotions where sometimes I can't in other ways. Like, you know, I'm not great at um, even just body language or doing activities. and stuff. Like, it, the only way I can really express how I am is through words. Like, I remember before I came out and I told my best friend, I said, I, before I told her I was gay, like, even typing those words were hard. So I had to find, like, a creative way of explaining it to her. And, you know, it's just... I just have a, <laughs> I have a history with words. I just have a very, a love story when it comes to words. So I'm, I'm glad destiny that you wrote into that. And you were like, this is, you know, we should do a Solomon's word of the week. And so I, I really, I really like that. So thank you so much. If you want to send in any letters or anything, shout outs or whatever, you can send it in at ask at the Solomon Ray podcast.com. Also, if you go on anchor.fm slash the Solomon Ray podcast, you can actually send in a voice note um, and I can air it on the website. And let's see. 
on to final thoughts. A smooth operator, op- a smooth operator. A smooth operator, op- a smooth operator. Okay, so final thoughts is going to be a little bit different. It's not really going to be a take home type thing. <clears throat> I've really debated if I want to talk about this or not. A lot of people have been asking me over and over and over again, please talk about this. Please talk about this. And I'm still not really there yet because I don't like to, I don't want to feel like I'm forcing something on someone, you know, and I, I'm, I'm realizing more now than ever that um, people really do trust the things that I say and people want to know products that I'm using, what, you know, and they, they trust it. And they're like, no, I, I bought that shit that bitch you said you was using and it works for me too. Or like, oh, I read that and it was really good too. Like people are, I guess, trusting my, my taste levels or I don't know. It's so, and I appreciate that. I do. But when it comes to like religion and spirituality, I'm just really, I don't feel comfortable. Um, talking about it too much, not because I'm ashamed or like oh, nothing like that. It's just, I don't want to feel like I'm pressuring someone or being like, oh, bitch, you got to do, I don't, you know what I'm, it's, it's such a, especially people of color, black people, especially we have a history of our identity and our religion being stripped away from us and um, Abrahamic religions being forced upon us and it being used as a way to wield us into and keep us in slavery and our, excuse me, our ancestors in slavery and stuff like that. So we just have a very unique, as a lot of people, not just, you know, black people, but, you know, a lot of us, uh, a lot of people in the world have a very complex and even painful history when it comes to forced religion and um but i will say this um i i am going to try to find i have a friend of mine who wants to come on the show and she i just need to find a way to do it and flesh it out and maybe she can answer a lot of questions but um i will say a friend of mine i'm not gonna say who because i don't want to put them on blast or anything like that but They've been so, okay, side note, people are like, what was your t- turning point in life when I think everything started to make sense and was easier for you? And honestly, it was when I started doing like ancestor veneration and really honoring my ancestors, building a relationship with them, working on ways to heal, working on generational healing, um, ancestral healing, working towards relationships with people who are no longer with us, but just all that. And that's, for me, I can't say this for everyone, but um, I can say this for all the people who've done it. It works, but I'm not being like, bitch, it's going to work for you. But for me, it just, everything clicked. And it just seemed like, Everything became easier. Nothing was, it was just like a direct line for for me to get the healing that I needed, get the things that I needed. And it just worked for me, you know? So anyway, so I have a friend and they have watched me do, or, or, or 
watch me do ancestor veneration and just kind of being more on that spiritual realm. And they've watched me because they're privileged to, because it's not something I, I, I allow people into seeing, but I mean, also if you're in my home all the time, or if you are family, or if you're, you're very close to me, that's something you're going to see regardless. But if you're in my house, you know, cleaning my house or whatever, there's certain things that I will put away because I don't, I just don't want that. You know, I just, I don't need, it's just not for me. And part of ancestor veneration is my ancestors don't want people that they, they don't want to be around people they don't want to be around. You know what I'm saying? My ancestors like my friends and my family. They like it. So they don't mind being out and about with the fucking, you know, everybody else. But like when it's like somebody come, they be like, no, bitch. They be like, they they more like, girl, put me in my room. Like they ain't got a room, but like they they more like, mm, I'd rather just, I'm going to go right now. Just tell me when they leave type of thing. So anyway, so she started doing it as well. Slow, slow little bit, like baby steps and whatnot. And I was so happy for her to do it because, again, like, it's not something I want to force on people. But she started doing it. And then, like, she was like, Solomon, this happened. And then this happened. And then I asked for this and this happened. And then this happened. And I was like, girl, that's that's what happens when you start start healing some of that generational shit. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's what happens. Um so it's nice. And so I guess my final thoughts are just th- there is a way to heal yourself and your family. And um, what I've learned is sometimes you'll be wondering, like, bitch, why me? Why me? Why me? And sometimes it's not even about you. This is my belief. This is my belief. Sometimes it ain't even about you. Sometimes it's really about the things that your family, your generations before you had to struggle with and didn't really fully heal and didn't fully fix and debts that sometimes your family never finished paying off or whatever. And I just know I spent a good chunk of my life always wondering like, bitch, why me? Why me? Like, what am I doing wrong? Like, why do I keep hitting a fucking you know, dead end. And once I started tapping into that realm of spirituality and working on healing my past generations and ancestral veneration and stuff like that, like it became so clear. And then that's when my life became a lot smoother. Um, So all I got to say is sometimes it ain't even about you. So don't be stressing it. Don't be like, bitch, there's something wrong with me. It ain't nothing wrong with you. There was nothing wrong with me, bitch. Hello. (laughs) It's just sometimes it's just shit that's out of your control. And I know we really try our hardest to make sense of things. And sometimes you, it's, it ain't even got shit to do with you, you know? And that's really, that's kind of about it. Well, that's the end of the show. That's the end of the show. I'm glad we made it to a Thursday on time, bitch. It may not be when you want it, but I'm always on time. So, yes, it's on time this this week. It may not be on time next week, bitch. It, it, It may not even be on time if I go to Egypt either. Um, so by the time this, this, um, 
episode comes out, it will be on a Thursday. So that means tomorrow, which is a Friday, if you're listening to this, it'll be Friday. I am running a sale for Easter. You get, it's a free gift sale, bitch. And it's probably going to be a percentage off too. I don't know how much of the percentage it's going to be. It might be like a 20% off sale plus a free gift. Um, So yeah, that will be out and about. Please take advantage of that if you guys want the free gift, which is a diamond rose gold um, necklace. Also, that's kind of about it. But I will see you guys next week. Bye.